So after Jesus taught last time about the destruction of Jerusalem and then the end of the world, he then told a parable, which is a very famous parable. It shows up in the church here in sermons all the time. This is a very good parable. I didn't say anything about any of the parables being bad. I just said this is a very good one. He said, there were ten virgins. They were bridesmaids for a wedding. Five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. And here's why. They were waiting for the bridegroom to come back and for the wedding to start. In those days, this is how a wedding would happen. First, the bride and the groom, also known as the bridegroom, as the man, they would like sign their documents, basically. They would get betrothed, they would agree to be married, and then the husband would go away in order to get everything ready. Like maybe he needed to go get a house. Maybe he needed to build a house. Maybe he needed to buy a house. Maybe he needed to get that mosquito on your arm. Whatever he needed to do to get ready to bring his wife back to start their life together. When when everything was ready, he would come back and they would have like the party. And the party, the wedding feast, would last for like a week. Okay. So in this story, these ten virgins, they're kind of like bridesmaids at a wedding. You know how like at a wedding there'd be like some people who are like in matching dresses, you know, for the bride. That's kind of what they're like. They're all waiting for the bridegroom to come back. Now, it said right at the beginning that five were wise and five were foolish, and here's why. The five foolish virgins didn't take any extra oil for their lamps. It'd be kind of like if we said they didn't take any extra batteries for their flashlights. They thought they had just enough. The wise ones took extra oil in some flasks at their side because when you want to, they didn't have flashlights, of course, so if they want to have light, they have to have a lantern that burns a flame. And for the flame to burn, they needed oil. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. So that means that they expected the bridegroom to come at a certain time, but he takes longer than they think he's going to take. Which is why the foolish virgins didn't bring any extra oil. They thought they knew when he was going to come. They didn't think they needed any more. But he took longer than they thought. And it came to be nighttime, and they got tired, and they went to sleep. Then, at midnight, there was a cry. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then, all the virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. That means they, they lit their lamps to burn. And the foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. The oil is running out. We don't have any extra. But the wise answered, saying, There won't be enough for us and for you. If we give you some of our oil, we'll both run out. So you guys need to go to the people who buy and sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But guess what? It's midnight. What shops are open selling oil at midnight? 24-hour shops? They don't have 24-hour shops. I guess they can go and knock on someone's door and hope that it'll open, but they don't have a 24-hour Walmart or Walgreens. While they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast 
and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins, the foolish ones, came to the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly, I say to you, I do not know you. So then Jesus said this. this is the, he says this is the point of the parable. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. In the parable, Jesus is like the bridegroom. He's coming back. We know he's coming back. The church is like his bride. He made us his own by his death on the cross. He's gone away to heaven. He's coming back at the end of the world to take us to himself. And it's going to be a party. Remember how Jesus keeps telling stories about parties? Over and over and over, it's always about parties. Because he's saying, heaven is like a party. It's a great party. It's a marriage feast that never ends. And I want you to be there. Right? And so he keeps telling stories about people who end up not going to the party for all kinds of different reasons. And this one is because they weren't ready. They didn't prepare. And he tells us here, you have to be ready all the time. You can't think that you know when he's going to come. The only way to go to the party is to watch and to be ready. Like the wise virgins, what did it take for them to be ready and prepared? Well, to bring extra oil. What does it take for us to be ready and prepared for whenever Jesus comes? What's tomorrow? Um, just believe in him. Mm -hmm. And to believe in Jesus and to keep trusting in Jesus means continuing to do the things that give us faith in Jesus. What are the things that give us faith in Jesus? Uh, listening to God's word. Hearing his word. When you get old enough, receiving the Lord's Supper. These are the things that Jesus uses to give us faith and to strengthen our faith and to keep us in the faith. And then he also tells us there are other things we should be doing, like loving one another, following his commandments. And that all of our lives should be based around these things and shaped by these things. And we should always be ready because he could come at any time. He says, you do not know either the day or the hour. But also this parable, this parable is a warning about what happens if you're not ready, but it's also a really happy parable because again it's a party and it's a marriage feast that we're waiting for jesus to come back and for this wonderful joyful life that will never end one of my we're not quite there yet because this shows up at the end of the church year in our lectionary that is in the series of readings we use for church it shows up at the end of the church year which is in like november right before advent and then christmas and this parable shows up at the end of the church year, sometimes on the last, actually often on the last Sunday of the church year. And you guys, I've told you before about Johann Sebastian Bach, the greatest composer of all time and a true Lutheran. No, I don't recall him. Liar. <laughs> he uh, wrote some amazingly beautiful music. <laughs> and if you keep studying the viola, you're going to end up playing a bunch of stuff by Bach because he wrote a lot of really beautiful string music, all kinds of music. Anyway, he used to write something called cantatas. So imagine if every Sunday at church, as part of the church service, there was a piece of music performed by the choir, like a really good choir, and like an orchestra with all kinds of instruments together, written by the greatest composer that ever lived. Well, that's what used to happen at the church in Leipzig, Germany, where he was the uh, music director. He was called the cantor. And he did that every week for a long time. 
And he wrote some amazingly beautiful music about Jesus and his cantata, that's what it was called, for that Sunday, for the last Sunday of the church here, was about this parable and about some verses from Song of Solomon. So in the Old Testament, there's a book called Song of Solomon. And guess what? It's like a song because it's poetry. And it was written by Solomon, and it is a love poem about Solomon and a lady that he marries. But the whole thing is a picture of Jesus and the church. How this love of Solomon and his bride is like the love of Jesus and his church. And it gives us this longing and this anticipation for Jesus to come again for this party that never ends. There's a couple of beautiful phrases from Song of Solomon. For instance, um, it says, Come away with me, my love, for winter is over and gone. And spring has come again, and the sound of the turtle dove again is heard in our land. You know, like when it's been winter and you haven't heard the birds? And then well, it's we bright. see the squirrels. <laughs> yeah, but then it's bright and sunny, and you hear the birds singing, and it's joyful. Yeah, I hear the birds. Yeah. Birds and squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> he also says, love is stronger than death. Is that true? Is love stronger than death? How come love's stronger than death? I mean... I love your mom. Is that going to stop her from dying? No. Nope. nope. How is love stronger than death? Because Jesus loved us so much that he died on the And rose from the dead. That's why. Jesus' love is stronger than death. And so also because of that, his love in us for one another becomes stronger than death. Because even though we die, he raises us to life eternal, or we can live in that banquet feast of heaven and love each other forever.